Love and Watches is a family-friendly podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team who've been wearing and collecting watches for more than 45 years. They enjoy bringing you the latest in collecting, interviews, news, and all things interesting in the world of watches. Enjoy the show. Hey, Love and Watches family. Welcome to the podcast. This is Ranch Racer. And this is Perpetual Girl. And today we've got a special treat for you guys. We're, um, we had some special guests that we were able to interview. Um, that being uh, Raphael and Marcus from Formex Watches. So if you guys follow our Instagram page or our, um, our website, you'll know we don't do a lot of, of watch reviews, right? We don't there, there's enough of that. There, we don't take a we don't do a report on every press release that comes out or every new watch. We uh, we're pretty selective about the stuff that we review. And we recently reviewed the the Formex Essence, which I was very impressed with. And and we've been talking to um, to the guys for a while. PG, you've been chatting with mm-hmm. Marcus online, and and uh, so we finally had an opportunity to get us all on a on a call. It took a little bit of of doing Marcus is local here, but, mm-hmm. uh, Raphael's in Switzerland. So we had the piece for about a week Yeah, and we were really, really impressed. It's a lovely watch. Yeah. It, if you guys want to learn about it, go to 11 watches. It's, it's, you know, right up at the top there. Uh, the review that I did, and I was thoroughly impressed with, with the piece. Um, amazing quality, some really neat innovations, Very thoughtful, looks fantastic innovation. Yeah. So really a neat brand that we didn't know that much about, uh, until we started doing a little research and we're able to get the piece in and, and they've been around for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. I've been around for a long time. So they're, they're not really a micro brand. We talk a little bit about that in the interview, but, uh, I had a, I had a blast. It was really fun. Very nice. A couple guys. of great guys. So we're going to jump into that pretty quickly. We thought we'd just do our wrist checks. We had a couple quick things to cover, and then we will get you guys into the the interview because it's a lot of fun. So do you want to kick us off with the wrist checks? I'm wearing the Youngin's Max Bill, the new 2020 novelty, and it's an automatic, which I believe is their first. Where did you get that? I got it from (laughs) you, and there's a funny story. On Valentine's Day, I showered you with gifts and you, yeah, had, com- we, and you we, had forgotten about it and we, we talked, talked about, about it. that a lot <laughs> i blew it that's okay but he made up for it because he had pre-ordered this youngin's max bill and the funniest thing about it was when the pandemic started i was shopping around at two in the morning when i usually wake up and thought you know i'm gonna treat myself and get because i've always wanted one of these youngin's bauhaus style watches so i found the manual online the original in the smaller case size. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy this for myself. So I did that. And a day later, I said I had purchased a watch and told you about it. And you gave me the most sad puppy <laughs> face. And I was like, what? So it. And I told you to return it, right? Yes. You told I me to return cancel it. That and order. They, they canceled the order because he had purchased this for me, which I thought was hysterical because our minds are on how, what a coincidence that I yeah. go and bought that I bought almost the same watch but the one I had bought was the manual wind very cool but this is the automatic with the date and it's a 36 I believe it's yes, 36. 36 it comes on a beautiful calf um like tan tan colored 
leather band. Mm -hmm. But since I'm brutally dangerous with all my watches outside and get things wet, I, I've switched it to a Milanese. A really it looks subdued. great on that Milanese. Thank you. It looks the, really nice. It's a, it's not a flashy Milanese. It's the one off one of my Mr. Jones watches. Mm. So it, it does work. So if it gets wet when I'm out with the animals, it's fine, but yeah, I do love it's, it. It's an amazing watch. And what was really, what was really kind of neat about this release was that it gives you the, the functionality, the automatic, but it keeps that massive, incredible thinness that Youngins is, is known for. I mean, the thing is so thin. It's got to be like, what, six mil? I mean, seven. Six, I think it's only one millimeter taller than their than the manual. Ma than the manual. Yeah. And half of the height is the domed bezel. It really is. The, the, the movement is incredible. I mean, it really is so thin. I wish so it was exhibition so I could see it. <laughs> I know it's tempting to pop the case back off and take a look no. at it because it's not when you swim in. Yeah, but yeah, it's really a special piece and it's it's um, very unique school of art and design that I studied myself in school. So Bauhaus on the youngins. Very cool watch. Very cool. How about you? Uh, I've I've got the sub on today, so I, you guys have heard the story on this one. It was I had ordered. Um, the uh, the Bulova oceanographer from our friends here at Devon's Jewelers in in the Roseville Galleria here locally and uh, I was there was something I'm trying to th I don't even remember what it was there was something that was a little bit weird with the crown I wasn't sure if it was right so I had given it back to to Randy at Devon's and he sent it into Bulova for me and they they fixed whatever it was again it was it was minor and I don't remember what it was but they fixed it and so I had gone back in early last year to pick it up. I think it was January mm, or February mm, mm -hmm. to pick up the Bulova. And Matt's like, uh, look what we just got in. And it was a Submariner. And of course you I were there. I went completely rogue. You had just had chemo, I, I think. No, I had surgery or, on my hip. I blew it out. That's my right. horse injury. You had had surgery. <laughs> so you were knocked out on the couch. So I did something really bad. I went rogue and I bought the Submariner and brought it without asking and shocked the heck out of you. <laughs> So that's, so and that's, we we have told the story, but we yeah. have a lot. We have actually a lot of new followers. I've I've picked up probably close to a thousand since the uh, quarantine started. So uh, we do have so maybe some, some new, people haven't heard. We it. do, we do. So that that was, yeah, that was a little not something I've done before in our twenty years of marriage is spend mm -hmm. that kind of money on something without getting clearance. But but you enjoy it, you wear it. I do. Um, I love it on the my Cincy Strapco rubber straps yeah those those look great on it um and i i wear this one every night this is this goes on the wrist uh every night because the loom is so amazing and and lasts all night so so that's i just haven't changed it from this morning we're recording on a saturday morning here so mm -hmm. um speaking of rolex yeah. and their watches and tudor and their watches oh, yeah. since everybody is going f flipping for the new release, not everybody well, they're, they're not flipping, but it's the, it, there's a lot of Twitter in the... Well, social media tells us we're supposed to like it. Exactly. So you darn well better like it. <laughs> the, so The new Blue Bay, the Blue I, Bay 58. As soon as I saw it, I said Blue Bay, and I'm sure everybody else is calling that too, but yeah. it is a release, and I actually have to say I saw some funny comments that people would... They, they commented that, you know, I'm not sure if I like it, but I'm supposed to like it, so right. I like it, Yeah. which I think is kind of sad, and it's... It's, I, you know, Hey, look, I'm sure there's people out there that genuinely really 
Absolutely. like the watch. I just, it was, for me, it was just really underwhelming. It looks like any blue dial, blue bezel, micro brand diver to me. I just, the whole special thing behind the Black Bay 58 was the, the vintage feel of it, mm-hmm. the vibe, right? It's got that, the gilt dial and it's got the vintage loom and hey, vintage is in. We all know vintage is, is in and it's got the great size. So that to me was what made the Black Bay 58 special. This to me is not a Black Bay. It's just a blue. It's a blue watch and that's a okay. diver and there's nothing wrong with that. But honestly, I prefer the, the Pelagos. And again, I just, I'm... Me personally, I'm really black bayed out. I, they focus so much on it, and it feels like it's starting to get washed out a little bit. And I'd love to see them focus on some of the other collections, specifically the, the Pelagos. It's such a cool watch. I'd love to see a redesign, some new colors, just do something else besides black bay, you know? Well, in the new blue one, it is a matte dial, and it's sort of a denim color. Yeah. And I think with the steel, it it's a per, it's a great day to day watch where you can wear it with jeans and a white t shirt, or even wear it to work with whatever. But I, it has a nice casual feel, and it does have the matte blue, which a lot of a lot of men and women, but I think I think guys really dig matte. And when the when the Alpinist came out, the blue one, it was also matte, and that was yeah. a big hype. And there was a lot of mixed feelings about that watch as well. So I see the same kind of thing this happening one's a lot more expensive than it is Alpinist, very though. expensive you're talking thirty seven hundred dollars and yeah you're getting a tutor movement but i i don't know it just doesn't i, I mean i know tutor's got a huge fan community out there but it just not it was just underwhelming. i guess underwhelming is the best i mean maybe after i'm on my first mimosa so after a couple more maybe <laughs> i'm, on, I'd have I'm some, drinking i'm on gatorade <laughs> some stronger things to say than <laughs> underwhelming but I think yeah, it's just underwhelming to me. On its own, just looking at it, not even thinking about the vintage, the original one that it's supposed to be an homage to, It, I, I don't see a connection to that at all. I, it I looks like either. an homage of their own watches yeah. to me, but I'm not sure they executed a replica because it does look very modern to me. Yeah. Extremely modern. I mean, the size is great, right? Because it it's the is. same size, so it's that's great, but... That's a, a I don't versatile know. size. I just was hoping... And maybe it's just because we've all been locked up and nothing to do. And so I wanted something more, something really to hit me. And I don't know. It just, again, underwhelming for me. I, and I, the other thing is. But on its own, it's I think it's. You know, because Tudor is a, a nice Rolex one. brand, what I'm concerned about, because something I've been hoping for for a while is a stainless steel version of the Smurf, the Blue Submariner. Now with this one out, I don't, I don't see that happening. I could be wrong, but. I don't see that happening. I know Rolex is the brand that everyone loves to hate. We personally really enjoy their timepieces. I don't necessarily agree with all their business practices in terms of the scarcity and all that stuff, but that's that's a discussion for another day. I just don't think that's going to happen now, and that was kind of that bummed me out as well because I would love to have a stainless steel version of the the Smurf. Well, I kind of think that is because they're calling it the Turf. They, the people who make the rules on oh, the Instagram. Tutor? Oh, okay. Yeah. The Instagram you, you know, bosses. The, rule... the Instagram bosses. Yes, the Instagram bosses who make all the rules that <laughs> right, whatever's all those, right all and wrong. Rules. Yeah. Okay. So it's the turf. That's that's fine. another that's another show. Anyway, so that was the one thing we wanted to cover. Um I think enough enough said on that. Can we move on? I think so. Okay, let's move on. Uh the only other thing I wanted to cover was that wanted to let you guys know as as most of you know, we had come out with uh, some swag about a year. Was it a year ago? Maybe less than a year ago. 
I have chemo brain, so I, you can't ask me those I kinds don't of know. questions. And we, you know, we had made the decision to use a company called Teespring, which a lot of people use. If you go on YouTube and you see someone, you know, you watch a video and there's a lineup of products underneath it. That's Teespring. That's a Teespring plugin. Um, I wasn't crazy about it to begin with because number one, the the product selection is not great. You have to sell a certain amount in order to get new products opened up to you. And let's face it, we're just a little podunk podcast with a few of our loyal listeners that were asking for some swag. We're and that's why we did it. We're not podunk. Well, we're podunk. We're going on three years now. But I, the bottom line was they, they reward you for lots of selling because they make money when you sell your product. And that was just never going to happen for us. And then when COVID hit, the production times that were already long, because I think most of their stuff is manufactured in, in the East, in the Far East, um, basically stopped. I mean, we just, we could not get product. I mean, we, that poor listener that we had read their review online, I owed him something and I just, I couldn't oh, get product. The mug that you just it was sent, ridiculous. Yeah. And I finally got it. But so I, I started looking at some other options and we decided to make the change to Zazzle and I couldn't be happier. The product selection is amazing. Um, while I'm sure a lot of the raw product is sourced from overseas, China, or, or, or maybe from Mexico, wherever the printing is, is done here in, in the U S and the majority of our user or our listeners are here in the U S. Um, but the printing's done here. The quality is phenomenal. It's, very it's good. definitely better than Teespring. Actually, the apron was made is made in the U.S. Everything there, I've there ordered so far, we've spin. got we got phone cases. We've got a, a a fun apron if you're into cooking. We've got um, you know all the normal stuff, the shirts and the mugs and all that stuff. But just a way better selection, and the shipping is quick. I mm -hmm. mean, that's all coming I think from the phone cases. It's all domestic. It's all domestic. So I think the phone cases took about. 10 days or something. Whereas it took over a month to get one mug from Teespring. It was ridiculous. So long story short, we've moved to Sazzle. We have a lot more products. If you just go to loveandwatches.com on the right-hand side, it all looks the same. Just click on our swag link and that'll take you to our Zazzle store and knock yourself out. We've got, <laughs> we've got beer mugs and beer steins and just all kinds of fun things that we were not able to have on Teespring. Pricing is about the same. Mm -hmm. which you know, it's and, less and in some cases it's less in, in some cases in some cases it might be a little more but the quality is definitely Very superior to, to teespring so um nothing against anyone who uses teespring if it works for you great just wasn't working for us zazzle is awesome so um definitely go check it out we'll be continuing to give away you know it's going to be our main giveaway stuff is our our swag but if you want a hoodie or a shirt or a mug or a phone case or whatever, um, go check it out. So cool. one more thing about yeah. this, the Tudor blue Bay. Oh, we, part, we can't leave it behind. I, huh? I can't, I can't not say that part of the, some say they're underwhelmed is that it was re it was released early during embargo by oh, some blogs. Talk about that, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> I, it, it really kind of, it took the fun away. It took some of the fun away because as, and I don't call us media. We're podcasters, blogs. We're not technically media, but manufacturers trust us to keep press releases under wraps until they've released until it. Until the embargo is lifted. We've always honored that. And we've had many opportunity, you know, many releases that come and we always honor that. And I'm, I'm really worried that since this got leaked and plastered all over Instagram two days early, I, I really hope this does not 
prevent that that manufacturers yeah. lose their trust in us and say no more watch podcasts are getting any information or you know really hold people to keeping those embargoes because that's something that is is you know they they trust that we have integrity and to keep this stuff quiet so when you see it and hear about it before they've released it and their their stock pictures their, their press agree. pictures were really lovely so if you see it before through something else it, and the it's pictures really, were terrible it cheapens it it was really bad and i actually saw a lot of comments online saying that the leak had really kind of ruined it for a lot of people and i i do agree with you i mean we may not consider ourselves media but if you're getting press releases from watch companies um if you're doing watch reviews if you have a podcast which the people that leak this do have a podcast um it's really it's incumbent upon us all to respect those those rules that are set forth by the manufacturers right and i mean you didn't see the big blogs leaking it a day ahead so it, it was very unfortunate um i hope those guys don't do that again um it just was i think it lacks some integrity right we're, we're all in this together to have fun <clears throat> to have fun to bring you guys news if that's what our job is but you got to respect that stuff because you're right. The the manufacturers may look at that and yeah. go, you know what? No more, no more releases to anyone except for the big news agencies because they respect our embargoes. So yeah, it was unfortunate. I did see a lot of comments saying that the leak had kind of ruined it for a lot of people and it is what it is. It is I mean, but... it's unfortunate, but, but anyway, can we move on now? Sure. Let's get to the interview. So, like I said, we, we had Raphael and Marcus. So Raphael is is the um, owner of the brand, and Marcus handles a lot of their marketing. He's here based in the U.S., and uh, I, it was a lot of fun, and we learned a lot. I mean, I I had thought Marcus or uh, Raphael was the founder, and he's not. He um, took control of the business. I think he said four or five years ago, but he he mentions mm-hmm. that. And it, it was started in 1999, so they're they're Been not new. They're yeah. not the new kid on the block. They've they've got a lot of good background and lots of releases. It's kind of a, I mean, you guys listen and, and decide for yourself, but it's kind of a rebirth for this this brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the watch that we got a chance to get our hands on and review that I was so impressed with, very. Uh, different from what the brand is known for. And I think that's why I see a bit of a rebirth. I'm really excited to see what these guys come up with. So we'll, we'll, like we told them, we'll have them back on the show. But is that it? Can we get to the interview? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, guys. So we hope you enjoy. We spent uh, almost an hour, I think, with with Marcus and Raphael Mm -hmm. from Formex Watches. So on to the interview. We hope you guys enjoy. All right, and here we are with uh, Marcus and Raphael from Formex. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so and we're, we're in a couple different time zones. We've got um, ourselves and, and Marcus, you're, you're here in California, and then Raphael, you're out in Switzerland, correct? Exactly. Awesome. I'm about nine hours ahead of you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well, we we are super excited to have you guys. I know you've been uh, Marcus, you've been chatting with PG um quite a bit on uh online and uh I think um you know, this is something we've been wanting to do for a while. Some of our listeners know about Formex, but uh before we really start digging into some of the details, 
if if one of you guys could kind of just give us a background on the brand and and also let us know what your roles are with the company. Tell us a little bit about Formex. Where did it come from? Um, so the brand has been around since 1999. Um, uh, they were the founders were two brothers uh, from around here, Biel in Switzerland. Um, both um, race car, um, passionate about racing, motorsports, um, bikes. And so they invented this um, case suspension system that is kind of a, a parallel um, between the, the watch world and, and the racing world because it basically functions like a car suspension. And um, then in 2016, um, I had the chance to, to take over. I've, I'm, I come from a watchmaking background as well, not, not watchmaking itself, but um, my family has a business uh, that produces a lot of uh, watch components for um, different brands uh, in the industry. Um, development, uh, inventing new systems for, for you know, clasps, uh, bracelets, but also production of uh, cases in, in different materials. So we're specialized in, in um, a bit more of the exotic materials. So my background is actually from from um, design and product development um, um, perspective, and then I had the chance to to um, you know take over Formex um, four years ago, and we embarked on the adventure. And at some point after about a year, uh, I actually needed somebody to help me with marketing, uh, which is when Marcus came into play. We actually studied together. Um, in Zurich uh, Business School and our best friends as well. So he had um, actually was looking for a new challenge and I needed somebody to to take over uh, responsibilities in marketing for the brand. So that's when he embarked on the journey. And, and since then, we've been working closely together. Not not so close anymore physically because he moved <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, still, um, you know, we, we still talk on a daily basis and um, yeah, are still working uh, very closely. So he's, he's only working for us, not not... Um, it's not a side gig or anything. So, yeah, he's our he's our marketing director now. So, Marcus, do you do you miss Switzerland? Are you enjoying the U.S.? I miss Switzerland. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But I also enjoy being here in California. It's, uh, you know, my wife is 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 uh, from the Bay Area. Uh, oh. I think about ten years ago we met. Uh, she moved. To Switzerland for five years and to, about two years ago she said look I think I've seen it uh, let's let's turn it around <laughs> and uh, let's let's let I want you now to move over right. there where I'm coming from <laughs> we've done so Switzerland we <laughs> yeah and yeah it's been it's been hard because uh, obviously uh, I left my family and friends so did my my wife five years ago mm -hmm. um, and I talked about this with Raphael. Hey, uh, you know, how's this going to work out with Formex? I really enjoy working there. Uh, I think we are on a really cool path together uh, uh, in, in terms of, you know, in a, in a, in a really good way of when, when you actually can work with your best friend and it works out. It doesn't always work out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's great. And 
Rafael said, look, let's try to make this happen. Even if we're a small team, you could be kind of the outpost out in the States and uh, let's, let's try to make this happen and maybe even make this uh, something that could be useful for the company. Uh, the US is a great market for Formix and why not trying it to have someone there and uh, use, use the benefits of having someone there. Well, and we were we were kind of chatting before we started recording, and one of the, like you said, you, there's some benefits, and you guys almost can almost do a full 24 hour follow the sun in terms of being able to be in touch with your customers for support or marketing or questions or whatever. So that it makes it kind of nice that you you can cover most of the most of the time zones, which is kind of rare yeah. with a micro brand Very rare, and small yeah. brands is you don't get that coverage or personal connection yeah. with the customer. For sure. I, I just I just talked about this with Rafael. We're able to cover 20 hours of the day uh, just by, by doing that. Sure. Just by being in two different time zones, I mean. And uh, we offer the live chat, which is really popular. Um, we started maybe a, not even a year ago with this live chat. And uh, it's, it's, it's really popular for, for both people uh, who are on the site for the first time, but also for customers who have uh, a watch and they have uh, questions about a repair or a service um, it's 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 a great tool to communicate with our customers uh, apart from social media where you don't get always an instant uh, reply or uh, because of the time zones it's just not always that practical to to make a phone call sure sure well cool so, so yeah, whoever is listening here if you guys want to get in touch uh, get in touch by live chat and it's highly likely it's going to be me if it's in the US time zone <laughs> or Raphael or uh, our colleague Christina who are based in Switzerland well now that kind of leads me to the next question so how big is the company today how many people do you have involved working for Formex uh, we're six people uh, working there and then obviously we, we work with a lot of um, freelancers for for um, um, some marketing stuff and, and also for, for um, website programming and, and things that we don't necessarily um, want to hire anyone internally. Gotcha. So yeah, six, six people working at Formix. Now, that, you know, it's interesting. There's this, there's, in the last few years, there's been this huge explosion of what the market is calling microbrands. Now, when we think of microbrands, usually what I think of is one guy, right, sitting at home. A lot of times mm -hmm. they're looking through a catalog from uh, from a manufacturer in the Far East. They're picking their case. They're picking their dial. They're picking their bracelet, right? All the stuff out of the catalog. They put their name on it, and, and now they've got a brand. Formex feels to me, and I, I want to get your guys' feedback on this, it feels like you're not, you're not really quite a microbrand, right? It, yeah. it almost feels like you're... You're somewhere in between what we've seen in this microbrand market versus some of the larger manufacturers. Is that how you see yourself? And, and where do you see the company going moving forward? Um, I don't really, I mean, I've, I've also obviously noticed the, the explosion in, in, in uh, microbrands popping up, also powered by uh, crowdfunding. Um, and I don't really, um, care or mind um, if anybody calls us microbrand or not, uh, but yeah, the the process you you described, uh, the design uh, process, air quotes, 
um, you described is, is definitely something we're um, not doing like that. So uh, we're, we're really starting from scratch, um, digging into past designs um, of Formex, which used to be in the past much, much larger and, and more bulky, extreme uh, um, looking watches, which is also where the name comes from, from the French words forme, which means shape and extreme. So it's a, uh, it's composed of those two French words. That's, uh, that's what Formex means. And um, now we've toned it down a little bit, but we want to keep the DNA and, and, and our goal uh, eventually is that, you know, five, ten years down the line, um, somebody, somebody will recognize our watch from afar on the wrist and, and say, oh, that, that looks like a Formex without mm -hmm. having to read the brand on it, um, which is definitely not an easy um, task uh, because there's so many designs out there. Even if you set out to design, um, it's almost, even if you do a 100% original uh, design starting from scratch with a with a sketch uh, drawn by hand. In the end, uh, it will always evoke uh, some feelings of of um, yeah. It reminds me of that one, or it reminds me of uh, of this watch, uh, which is also quite interesting when I show somebody our our designs for the first time. And what we use to to measure, I mean, we kind of wanna. Um, people to to be thinking of other watches when they see um, our designs, um, ideally high-end watches, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we want to invoke the feeling of, of uh, real luxury, which in the which through the, the design, the, the construction and also the, the finishing, I think we're, we're doing a good job at. And um, but in the end, it's interesting because what we want is that everyone says something else. So for somebody, somebody sees some AP, some some other people see some Nautilus, uh, and and it's quite interesting to see what kind of um, um, yeah feelings the the watch design evokes in in people. But yeah, it's definitely a a long process to really create original designs, um, and it's a process we take really seriously. But since we're a small company and pretty flexible um the time to market is not that long even though we you know like some of the the, the bigger watch brands take from anywhere from two to four to five years to actually from, from the day they started working on a brand new model or a brand new line uh, until it hits the market and we're at about you know a year to 16 months depending on the the complexity of the the project that's if not, that's add, not maybe if I add something here, uh, you mentioned before, you know, this uh, typical micro brand owner who is working with uh, uh, suppliers. I think that's where really our strength uh, comes in with with Rafael's background in uh, engineering and uh, and design that we can really use those uh, capabilities in, in, in R&D. Um, uh, use the prototyping uh, facilities that we have and the manufacturing capabilities that we have, that we can have those stuff actually in-house and that allows us to go much more back and forth. I mean, probably Rafael can talk much more about this, uh, how, how uh, one of our watches is being created. That's, that's not a uh, one shot and it's done. It's, it's, it's a lot of 
going back and forth and then you see the first design and and it's it's i think it's a big advantage of having that so close by um uh, that allows for much cooler and innovative uh, designs and also uh, features when you see at our different features they're really uh, user orientated they're they're not just like uh we're, we're not just adding a feature to make it more special but actually based on what we hear from our customers and then we're trying to implement this in our watch with a quick release yes. system or micro adjust stuff that's really not to be special but to to help the end user to to use them in the daily use true functionality absolutely right it's well, uh and you mentioned before brand recognition uh, Ranch Racer and I were just talking about this last night. What watches do you look at, and you don't even have to be very close, and you say, "Okay, that's a blank." Like or from across the room, yeah. right? You can you can recognize it, and, and that's hard to do. It's really hard to yeah. to establish that. And we had the pleasure of having the Formex Essence in last week for review, and Ranch Racer had it on almost the whole time, and I would see him across the living room or the kitchen and see the watch. And it's, it's a stunning piece. We were so impressed. And it really does have a unique, you know, with the bezel, the case shape, it, it's very distinctive. So I think you're heading towards that with that piece. Great it's, it's very, very distinctive. It is. And, you know, something that, that you, if you look at some of the brands, and uh, Raphael, you had kind of mentioned when you, when you design a watch, you want it it's there's almost always going to be some other watch that it invokes right i mean there's 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 only so much you can do from an originality standpoint but it's the way you combine those elements and the one thing i did notice i mean i noticed a lot of things and i really really enjoyed the watch and we'll, we're going to talk about that um but if you look at some of the watches from the higher end brands whether it's an ap or a rolex or um or something kind of mid-grade like an omega um a lot of it is how the case and the dial and the lugs and the bracelet reflect light. That's something that I notice a lot in watches. And it's been a long time since I've had a watch in for review or a watch that I've purchased that really has those amazing light reflection characteristics. And the Essence has that in spades. I mean, it was really the way the case has been designed with the angles. And, you know, not only does, it, does it evoke... You know, for me, I, I'd look down and think AP Royal Oak. Um, a couple times I even thought about my, my Rolex Oyster Perpetual. But but that light reflection to me really starts to get the mind thinking about higher end pieces. So when you guys were designing the Essence, was there a lot of thought put into how it reflects the light? Or did, did the design happen and it just happened to have those characteristics? Um, no, actually, this was exactly what what we're going for. Um, I mean, we've we've been um, uh, the, my dad's company has been um, also designing for other watch brands, and uh, we really know what what the hand finishing should should look like, or what uh, different effects or different types of finishing um, create, uh, what kind of effects they create uh, when they reflect the light. Um, so we really already had that in mind when we set um, set out to design it, and for me it's also interesting on 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 the essence, or it's what we wanted to achieve is actually that that play 
between you know a vertical brush on the on the dial that you can find on the bezel mm -hmm. um, then you can find some of that actually if you really zoom in or if you use a loop uh, you'll actually find that on the on those tiny surfaces on the on the on the index indices mm -hmm. yes yeah that that one that is also brushed and you know like we could just say okay we just want it matte so we just sandblast it which would be much easier to do but um much yeah. cheaper too sure <laughs> yeah when i say easier that <laughs> hand in hand um and but but yeah we really want to pay attention even to this level of detail uh that you don't necessarily see because i think in the end you can you can still feel it or when somebody takes a macro shot of it you'll actually discover things that even after wearing it for a month you haven't noticed yet or you know when when you sit at a certain angle and, and the, the light sunlight hits the dial, you, you discover something new. And I think that's what it, what's exciting about discovering a new watch, a new brand, and, and the design that you haven't seen before. Yes, it, it definitely definitely reflects the light and makes a big difference when you see it from far away. Well, and that's kind of for, I think, most watch wearers and collectors um, that's a subconscious thing. You mm -hmm. don't, I mean, if it's a really bling watch, right, it's, it, it stands out the reflect, the reflectivity of the surfaces. But I think for a lot of people, they're not going to look at it and go, Oh, I like this because of the way it reflects the light. It just creates, it's kind of a subconscious thing. The way it reflects the light, it feels like a luxury timepiece on your, it on your wrist. It accentuates the shapes better. It does. It, it really does. Well, we've got a, a bunch sometimes, of sometimes it's uh, it's it's actually pretty challenging for us, and that's that's purely marketing. Uh, I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. To it's it's hard for us to get that on a picture, you know, and uh, and in a way that's kind of frustrating because I want to uh, put as much details and and information on a picture on on our online shop as possible. So. A potential customer could see all those details on the other side it's also good because uh, once you order it and open it and then you're even like oh wow mm -hmm. that's that's amazing i see so many Whoa. things that i haven't seen on the picture and we're getting that feedback a lot that's 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 great and many oh, times I'm, we've opened oh, i'm sorry it's more um i'm so, sorry <laughs> go ahead oh no i was just I going know. to say that we've had several watches that we purchased and the photos looked fantastic and you get the actual time the the watch in and it does not look very as like the photos you right know. whereas the essence so was kind of even opposite, better right in, i mean in the metal than the photos Raphael, so. what were you gonna yeah. say I, I, I guess it's it's uh really better in the in the long run because the, the guys who actually doctored a picture to a point where you say wow i really want this and then it gets <laughs> <laughs> and it gets to your door, you unbox it, and then everything looks kind of flat. Mm -hmm. Everything looks kind of toy or, or yeah, yeah, not up to par on what you saw on the picture. Uh, yeah, you, that brand might have sold a few hundred or a few thousand units more uh, short term, but that guy's not going to order again. And what we've been seeing with, with Formex is actually we've um, created a community of people where you know, people are starting to have four or five essence watches or, or yeah, some people even have more than that. And, and 
for now on the steel version the the only differences are in the dial and then we started building on that collection and we launched earlier this year the essence legera um the carbon fiber and ceramic case mm -hmm. um and i would say about 80 percent of the people who, who pre-ordered it uh already owned the the steel version so that's that's know, a huge just, sign that you're doing well you're getting repeat customers exactly and i think it's it's worth maybe you know selling a few units uh a couple of uh, fewer units now um you know but then down the line people know that when they order from us this is what they get yep well, one, one thing that I'm a huge fan of is an adjust, you know, adjustability of a bracelet, especially without having to take the watch off because during the day, my watch will get very tight and then it gets very loose. So we were very impressed with your adjustable bracelet and with the deployant adjustability. So that was one thing that you, Ranch Racer, were, we were just in awe over that and just wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, because it was the, that's the first, I've got a few pieces with deployment clasps and you're always limited by whatever holes are punched into the, into the strap, but you guys have really come up. And after hearing Raphael, you talk about your background and your family's background, it starts to kind of make sense. Some of the things we're seeing, but talk a little bit about those, those innovations uh, around the, the micro adjust. Cause they really are very impressive. Yeah, this is really um, something that my father um, really started to to implement and to propose to to his customers, which are which are watch brands, um, mostly from Switzerland, and and he's um, yeah he's always tinkering and thinking about new. I mean that that um, fine adjustment on the on the essence leather strap and and rubber strap clasp, um, we've already. Um, improved that for the for the Legera, and actually um, even this year we're gonna um, we're gonna present the new clasp that is also gonna be um, available for the steel versions, uh, but with the same style as the the Legera. So for us, I mean a watch is uh, for men some of the only jewelry they they usually wear, um, and they wear it or, or yeah women. Women also actually, we have a lot of um, uh, female customers ordering the the essence, even though it's 43 mil, um, 43 millimeters. But they still seem to be quite popular, even though we're not advertising yet um, specifically to women. I mean, we we really want to do um, collections that are more uh, female oriented as well, but. Um, right now, we don't want to disperse our effort too much or, or you know, um, we really want to focus and develop the core and then uh, work from there. Um, and the, the, um, what I was saying is that you wear it on your wrist the whole day and I cannot understand people who wear a watch and really like the, the way it looks, but it's not comfortable. Um, so. You know, like I wouldn't wear it if if it if it was a bother on my wrist. So for me, um, to design a watch in a way that does look nice, but is all is also ergonomic on the wrist, feels nice. Um, that that is uh, one of the, the the goals that we set ourselves. So when when we have the first 
when we machine the first case prototypes, even if we don't have the movement or the the, um, the dial, I walk around with a with a case prototype on my wrist for a week or two, doing sports, doing testing, everything myself. And if if anything doesn't feel 100% comfortable, we'll change it in the in the next iteration of the the prototype. And I feel this is really important. And those little features, like being able to change your straps without having to use tools, mm-hmm. um, able to adjust the length by by links that are screwed and not with the pin and tube um, construction, <laughs> and also those um, those um, yeah quick adjustments that give you a little breathing room when 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 it's a hot day or when you. Your wrist is a bit larger uh, because it does vary quite considerably. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And you touched on a subject that's near and dear to my heart is the female collector. And a lot of a lot of women do wear larger watches, but yeah. sometimes, you know, I, I can get away with wearing a really large sport sporty watch, but I do tend to wear smaller watches. And I, I can truly see the essence done in a range anywhere from 34 to 39 based on how, how dressy you want it to feel. But it, it really is beautiful just the way it is. And I don't think it would need to be over feminine, you know, over feminized, feminized. It, it's, yeah. it's lovely how it is. And just in a smaller size, cause a lot of, a lot of collectors, that's our, the female collector doesn't want it to be changed into a quartz and have a bunch of diamonds on it. That's kind of the, the theme that we sort of see manufacturers do, yeah. but we want to see the exact same watch, but just smaller to be, you know, so the lugs don't hang over the side of our wrist. And there's a lot of men who we have two gentlemen in our red bar group who have the same wrist size as I do. So I'm seeing a lot of men looking for smaller watches as well. We're actually getting um, almost daily. We're getting requests to, um, to actually make the essence in the, in the smaller uh, version as well. Excellent. So this is definitely something that is uh, on the not so distant horizon for us. And uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting uh, that you said, you know, you don't necessarily need uh, to bling it up with, with diamonds or, or zirconia or um, to, to over feminize the design, which I actually completely agree. And if um, I'm starting to think about designs, and this is exactly what I wanted to go for. It's it's still a sporty watch, um, and I don't think it needs to be pink or blingy just uh, so that women will buy it. Actually, um, there's a lot of um, female collectors now that are uh, extremely interested in in um, watches that are meant that were meant for for the male audience, but. Uh, I think nowadays, uh, particularly, um, yeah, it's 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 better to not have uh, a particular gender in mind when you when you actually design something because, uh, um, yeah, nobody says that men can't wear watches that are blinged up or that have um, <laughs> have um, stone set bezels or uh, whatever. So you right. know, you should. Make something that that you like or that you think your customers are gonna like, but I think it's a bit easy to just slap a couple of stones on the dial. <laughs> well, and the way the light plays with that bezel yeah. and the angles, it already mm-hmm. has that that um, it catches your eye. So you wouldn't really need to add anything on top of that. Exactly, it's wonderful. I'd I'd love actually to 
for you to see the Legera also life when you talk about this, uh, the bezel, uh, and the Legera has the ceramic bezel. It's 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 again something different. But when you said you talk about the reflection and the finishing, I think you would really uh, love that that version too. Uh, I'm sure I would. I mean, if it if it's even close to or even more so than uh, the stainless steel version that we got to check out, I, I'm sure we would both love it. Um, so that's I, I just have to tell you guys when Raphael, when you started talking about uh, smaller sizes in the not too distant future, um, PG muted her microphone and jumped up and down with joy. So <laughs> she's very excited to hear that. <laughs> and it's it's interesting because. You know, you mentioned when we kicked the show off that uh, traditionally Formax has been about very, you know, big and bold watches. And that's something I talked about in, in the review of The Essence. Um, it was founded at a time in the late 90s. That was that was it, right? The big watch was really in at that time. Everyone was making big, gigantic watches. But I feel like the market is is changing a bit, right? And we're kind of cycles. It, it everything goes in cycles, and it feels like we're coming down, kind of bringing the sizes down into more reasonable sizes that more people can wear. So it's really, I love to hear that manufacturers are are looking at that, right? Because there's a big chunk of the market that just can't wear a a forty six or even a forty three or forty two. So it's, I'd like to hear that manufacturers are are thinking about that segment of the market and, and looking at, at going a little bit smaller. So that's fantastic. That and, their, and the color selections. I know that you, Ranch Racer, love blue. I think you, most you guys like blue. Like blue. gray, black. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of like silver or a color or or even, even lighter shades of blue. But it looks like with the essence, there's the new uh, a silver, the brown. So the brown that's is gorgeous. Very. And, and that's the thing where you can vary the color of the dial and, and it'll appeal to even more people without having to bling it out. So sure. it's, it's, it's very, the collection of Formex is very diverse. So you have something for everybody. Absolutely. And to quickly touch on the, the, the size question again, you know, they, they were huge and just so now around 2004 or five or the early um, 2000s, people were really looking for huge watches and, and we could have said, okay, Formex just makes huge, huge watches, but we like to mm -hmm. still uh, put our ear to the ground and listen what the, the market is saying. But I'm, I'm the first person who not wanting to jump on trends quickly and, and, and surf short waves of trends just for the sake of... Uh, you know, staying relevant or, or selling a few more watches. Um, but I think if you're playing, if you if you're simply not listening to the market, then yeah, maybe either you develop a niche and people say you find enough people who want massive watches still today. Uh, there are still some people who wear or who try on our elements at watch shows and say, yeah, do you have this in bigger? And it's 46 millimeters. <laughs> so, they're like. No, we don't. <laughs> but yeah, so we're we're also you know if people are screaming for for a smaller version of the um, of the essence, then we be kind of you know uh, deaf to not not follow mm -hmm. suit. It's it's not yeah it's not magic to make a, a smaller version of it. Even though we have to um, 
it's it's always a challenge to work around the the, the case suspension system and it's um it's a bit more complicated and there's much more to it than a regular watch case so um you kind of uh, always have to consider that and and that might be a limiting factor so we can't maybe go go smaller than a certain size because of that but yeah we'll we'll do our best and you'll actually hear about it quite soon probably wonderful and that actually brings me to another uh, question I have to bring up is the thoughtful innovations that you've done that are functional. We talked about the clasp and now the shock absorber case. We were at first, I couldn't quite figure out based on the video, what it would do until I actually put it on my wrist and I could feel as I rotated, you know, twisted my wrist, I could feel different corners of that case flexing. So it, it's truly truly functional and innovative. And I think Ranch Racer, you, you actually had more to say about it as well, because you were wearing it and you felt that it was, um, well, yeah, it compliments. It, it really does compliment. So you talk about the micro adjustability, right? Being able to adjust the watch throughout the day. And in general, like my, my wrist in the morning is smaller than it is in the evening, right? As, as the temperature increases, things expand, including your wrist. Um, but what's, and, and I'd like, I'd like you to talk a little bit about where that all came from, because the way, you know, reading through some of your documentation on the website and some, some of the stuff that comes with the watch, it sounds like that was really originally not, not thought of as, you know, something to protect the movement or for wearing comfort, but it was really how, you know, how do you find a hook into cars and and racing and that sort of thing and, it, and that's where it kind of led to the suspension system so talk a little bit about how that came about and and why it continues to be a centerpiece for your watches um yeah that you you mentioned that or you said that exactly right it, it was a hook to connect uh the watch even more to the the racing world um, but then in the end, uh, while wearing the watches or testing them and, and, you know, really studying the history of the brand before I really embarked on the adventure, um, I noticed that there is an actual use to it uh, while on the, on the wrist, maybe more so on the steel bracelet than on a leather strap because there's obviously some elasticity to, to rubber mm -hmm. or leather straps. Um, so you don't necessarily need that give that extra give that you get from the case suspension system but yeah ca calling it a shock absorber would probably be uh, that's why we call it a case suspension system it's not it doesn't absorb shocks and and um people never fail to point that out when you know when we uh post a new uh youtube video they're going like yeah how does how does that protect <laughs> the movement and we're net we never said that it does protect the movement um, but yeah, the, the, the main um, the main feature or the, the, the main characteristic is that it, it creates more comfort. But uh, are we going to use it on absolutely every watch in the future? Probably not, because I think it's also important as a brand to evolve. Um, and we will definitely keep it on, on the models that have it now, but nece not necessarily on all the models in the future, because... You know, you also have to measure uh, kind of the effect it has and the complexity of, of constructing it. Um, so when we create something, we want to limit to a minimum the, the possible points of failure. And, and having more complexity in the case construction is definitely something that, 
that um, adds possible problems. But in that case suspension now, uh, we've really figured it out. And we even get watches back for service that have been on the wrist for 15, almost 20 years. And, and except for maybe changing the, the springs preventively, um, we never have a problem. There's never a problem of all those things that a customer asks us is, is there no dirt that gets inside? Um, doesn't it get blocked up? Isn't it a problem for waterproofness? Um, absolutely not, actually. It's, it's, it's kind of a self-cleaning system. So anything that gets in there um, actually cleans itself um, through the action of the case suspension system. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting feature. It's been around um, before. I've been around that Formex, um, but the little innovations you talked about with the micro extension, that is something um, that that we brought to the brand uh, from the, from my background in, in creating um, these systems or from my dad's background in inventing all these little um, neat features that actually really um, add value to the watch because it adds comfort. And that's what we're so impressed with is your attention to comfort. A lot of watches, you don't get a comfortable, all-around comfortable watch until you get up into like the Rolex and uh, some of the Jubilee bracelets on an Omega or a, a high, you know. Well, and even on watch. some of the Rolexes, they lack micro adjustability. True. Right. I mean, yeah. some of the more entry-level Rolexes that you spend, you know, I quote entry-level where you're going to spend five or six thousand dollars on a watch, and it's not as comfortable as the essence because of all of those adjustments that you have built in. And it, you know, that's one, that's another reason that I had brought up the micro brand topic, because not only are these innovations, not something that you're going to see in, you know, 99.9% .9 of all micro brands out there, you don't see them in the much more expensive pieces mm -hmm. either. And, and that's we're not I think, talking... what really impresses me about it. And we're not talking just a half link here. We're talking very personalized to yeah. your wrist. It, yep. throughout the yeah. day absolutely but this is something and um, that actually we get a lot of people saying but why, why isn't everyone doing that and uh, or, or why aren't you know larger more expensive brands not doing it but in the end the the fact that we're mostly selling direct to consumer um gives uh, me the, the the liberty when i develop something of saying you know what the essence dial costs about two and a half to three times as much as a, a typical dial in that price range. Um, but I don't have to, I don't have to calculate in uh, distribution margin. Um, so this gives me the freedom to add much more value um, and actually passing on that value without uh, additional cost to, to the customer. So um, yeah, the same goes for those systems. You know, most, most brands don't want to pay more than a certain fixed amount for for a buckle um and and when you add those systems it obviously adds cost it adds complexity you have to really um be able to manage production assembly and and quality assurance uh, even more because a buckle becomes something that instead of just opening and closing um has teeth to adjust for for the micro adjustments and it, yeah definitely makes uh adds complexity but uh, we've been producing these for for many years with with Dexo, my my family's company. Um, so we have a lot of experience. We've we've had all the the bad experiences already. So we know uh, what to look for when we develop uh, new things.
And I think um, even the, the bigger brands now are starting to wake, not, not necessarily, I'm not saying they're asleep, but um, through that whole um, age of information for the customer where, where everyone knows everything and, and we're talking about those micro adjustments, um, I think the customer goes into the, into the AD and asks, maybe asks an AP uh, sales person, yeah, why does my Breitling have a micro adjustment um, and your watch that costs many times more <laughs> doesn't offer it? And, and yeah, it, it looks like sometimes people start from the movements, then they go to the case design, the dial design, and then sometimes it almost feels like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, we have to slap a strap on that thing. And uh, <laughs> it, it feels like there's not, not as much care has been put into the, the little details um, that actually matter a lot in terms of comfort. So we, we really want to pay attention to those things as well. Yeah, that, that comfort factor kind of is, I think, a, a lot of times is forgotten. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to, to read the review that I, I did on the, the Essence, but that's actually what I start with, right? And it's one of the first things that I look at because when I review a watch, you know, we're, we're a pretty small uh, small podcast, podcast and blog. So when we review watches, it's really from the perspective of an owner. How would I feel about owning this watch? And one of the things I focus on first is comfort. If I can't wear the watch all day, that's not a watch I want to own, right? So I, I really like that you guys have focused on that and kind of leading into what you talked about around direct to consumer. So that's, you know, that's what has really allowed the micro brand market to spring up, right? Is this direct to consumer model. And I, again, looking at Formex and not knowing a ton about the brand, you know, even even a month ago, um, the one thing that I did know about Formex that when, when I thought about the brand Formex, I thought about the app because it was one of the first, if not the first application I'd ever seen where, <clears throat> excuse me, where I could actually try a watch on virtually. Um, it, has the app been around uh, since the start of the company? How, how did that come about? And what are the plan? Are there are there plans to continue to add to the app, to change it, to add functionality. Talk a little bit about that and, and how it came about. Cause I really think it's, you know, aside from the direct to consumer model, it's, it's really something that was, that is unique for the Formex brand. It's, and it would be a, such a helpful thing for the female collector to see how, um, could I get away with wearing a 41 millimeter yep. based on lug, you know, distance between the lugs. And that would show you, you know, exactly how it's going to look on your wrist. Yeah. Yeah, this was actually one of the reasons, you know, we, we offer free returns. So, um, you know, if we can, m most of the, we analyzed it and most of the returns were actually due to size. So they ordered the watch, put it on and, and just decided they can't pull off a watch of, of that size. When we started, we didn't have the essence yet. So uh, I think the smallest model was around 45 um, in the cases. And um, yeah, so we said, um, actually, our, our web developer at the time um, had the idea of, of using AR and, and we set out to develop it and uh, that's what we did and it's a great conversation starter aside from the fact that it really is functional because it's uh, using that target allows us to really project the watch um, in real life size on your wrist so you're really going to get a feel 
um, of the size and what it's going to look like on your wrist. You can turn your wrist. And nowadays we've had, we've developed it even more where you can see actually your camera records uh, the reflect the real life reflections around you and you're going to see realistic reflections on the watch. So if you have a light source coming from your left and it's bluish, that will actually show on the AR watch. Um, so it really adds to the to the um, to to offering you a, a realistic view of what it's going to be like on the wrist. And aside from that, we made those slap straps from back in the days. Um, when, back in the day when you had those um, straps that you could, as a kid, you could slap on your wrist and they, they'd go around your wrist. Mm -hmm. So we printed the target on those. And when we do a watch show, we, we just hand them out to everyone. Or we actually even have a display where one of those straps is uh, displayed instead of a watch and, and the phone is in front of it. And actually you're not, you're not seeing a watch. So it attracts people at the show and they're going mm -hmm. like, what is this? And then they look on the phone screen and they see the watch on the screen. So it's, it's a great conversation starter there. Brilliant. And yeah. we actually walk around with, you know, we, we hand out thousands of those straps <laughs> at any given watch show. So they, they have something that they actually take with them that is not a catalog and that they're going to, you know, that dad's going to tell their kids about. Yeah. So it's, it's also a lot of, has a huge branding effect for us because the more, um, more times you, you hear a brand name, especially for a new one, uh, the more it's going to set in people, people's minds. So, all right. So for our listeners, you, you just heard Raphael say a couple things, Target and AR. So if you haven't seen the app, <clears throat> I, I highly suggest you go onto your, whether it's Apple or Google or whatever, go onto the, onto your, your app store, search for Formex, download the app. So the way it works is you, it, you, you print out this paper, this piece of paper that you cut out and it goes around your wrist and it's got a bunch of marks on it. And so the app recognizes the marks on the paper and that's how it knows how to place, you know, kind of artificially place the watch on your wrist. I love, I love to hear that you've added the reflection because that's, you know, that's one of the topics that we started with and what really um, had an impact for me when I looked at the essence for the first time. So being able to add those types of features is absolutely fantastic to be able to, to see how the light's going to reflect off of this watch before you ever even have the watch in your hand is pretty amazing. All right. Well, one more. Um, yeah. Oh. Just a, a little disclaimer about the app. It's actually right now, it's not available on Google play. Okay. Uh, because there were some changes, um, on the dev, uh, developer side there. And we're planning on having a reworked version of the app. Uh, by the end of the year with, with all the new models in and some actually some new features that are also going to be pretty interesting. Gotcha. It's, okay. It's actually every time we talk about the app, it, it reminds me to, you know, the market we're in, we're in the market of mechanical watches, <laughs> which is a very traditional market, right? <laughs> Those have been around for hundreds mm -hmm. of years. Uh, and, and that's what I find funny about this app that this is so ironic. <laughs> the latest technology that we're able to use here to 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 uh, to try on the mechanical watch and uh, that's that's pretty cool and as uh, as Ralph said it's a great tool for marketing it's it's a great conversation starter and uh, when we're on fairs it's 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 pretty much it's funny when people walk around on the fairs and they all have this slap strap and 
they don't actually talk about watches primarily, but they talk about this lap strap. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, and it's you hit the nail on the head, right? It's the ability to meld the the traditional watchmaking world with modern technology and it's it's something i mean just to be perfectly honest it's something that the larger brands have really struggled with right because they're so ingrained in the traditional ways um they've there's been a struggle for them just to get an online presence right just to be able to make that move from going the traditional distributor ad route to a direct to consumer online route right which starts with the marketing and the website and then eventually leads to online commerce and you look at a brand like formax born in the late 90s early 2000s now with the app all these innovations you guys have really you started at a time where you really could just get right in there and mix those two you know meld those two worlds which has been very challenging for a lot of brands so i think that's pretty cool absolutely thanks i do have one more one more thing yeah, to I know. ask we, about. I know Raphael's got a meeting go. he needs to run to. Right. So. Um, I'm, I'm staring at my screen at the Essence with the Space Rock limited edition. And I see that you've sold, you've pre-sold out all 50 and just wanted to have you talk briefly about how, how you decided to put a Space Rock in there because it's stunning. The angles on the striations on that rock with the design of the bezel and all those angles is beautiful. Um, yeah, the, um, I mean, the, using meteorite um, on a bezel is absolutely far from being new. Um, but actually, I thought I, I looked at the, um, uh, first the the Legera and then also the steel on my wrist one day, and and I figured, well, let's let's play around with some renders and and see what it would look like. And yeah, as soon as we had it in, uh, it was pretty much clear that. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and uh, launch this, and you know the the 50 pieces limitation is also something where, you know, every new launch and every time we launch something some new models, we're we're doing kind kind of a different way of, of pre-ordering. Sometimes it's a deposit to to hold your spots, and then you pay before we ship, uh, you pay the rest. Um, or, but this time we did a, a pretty strict limitation of 50 in steel and 50 for the Legera, so the black version, and um, yeah, and it went went uh, sold out pretty quickly, and people paid the full amount uh, right away. So we're, we're always evaluate, evaluating um, the, this side of it after every launch as well to to see, you know, what what is actually a limited addition to the customer? What does the limitation mean to him? Um, how, what is the number that is still going to make him feel special when he owns one? So this is very interesting for us because, because we haven't done any limited editions uh, before that um, since we started uh, at Formex. And um, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. And the, the meteorite material that is very special and, um, every single dial is in of itself um, a, a unique piece because that that um, pattern is not not replicable and and it's always individual uh, from whatever uh, cut of the of the stone you take your you take your blank. So uh, it's really mesmerizing because you have the 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 brush finish that is very precise and meticulous, and on the other hand, you have something that is quite random um but it's not random i mean it's mm -hmm. it's natural 
be random, um, but it looks a bit all over the place, and and the the reflections are pretty wild when you wear it on your on your wrist. So very interesting to see, um, yeah, this precision mixed with the the natural wildness of of this material, and and also the fact that it's that it has traveled through space for. Uh, billions of years, actually. So it's it's pretty cool to have a piece of that on your wrist. That's, That's amazing. what I wanted to say. The 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 history is just crazy. I mean, four scientists say four billion years. About one million years ago, it slammed into the Earth's atmosphere, and it's in this uh, huge radius somewhere uh, in the northern part of Sweden, where it's frozen most of the time, where it's 24 hours darkness, so it's super hard to find it. It's just a really special thing to think about every time you look at that dial, not just to read the time, but also to think, oh man, the way how this dial got in here, that's 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 pretty cool. That is neat. Yeah. It really is. And when you see other uh, more expensive watch brands place a meteorite dial, uh, your your price is so high, and yours is in a much more reasonable range for such an exotic material. It's really impressive. Yeah, thanks. That that is also mostly when you say um, our our value uh, to um, how do you say what what the bang for for your buck that that we're able to offer is is also really mainly due to the D two C model where we we really calculate the prices in a way that works for us. Uh, we can obviously work with that. We're we're happy with the margins. Uh, but we don't say necessarily, okay, we could sell it uh, at 30% more expensive. Um, let's try it out. We, we don't really do that, but that's also why we never offer any discounts. You know, like since we have the website chat up, a lot of people every day, they come and ask, uh, do you have any discount codes, discount codes, discount codes? <laughs> we always trying to educate them uh, about the brand and we say you know from the get-go when we create our pricing for a certain um, watch model we we have our margin that we calculate in but we don't inflate the price in order to be able to give 15 or 20 percent discounts every every couple of months because we don't want people to be hunting for discounts we want them to to know that when they buy the watch today, they're gonna pay the same price as they're gonna pay in, during Black Friday or during uh, mm -hmm. Christmas, or if they wanna buy it now, they're not gonna miss the opportunity of, of paying less for it because we don't uh, artificially inflate the price in order to accommodate uh, any discounts in the future. So, but since we, since we did that, uh, we've already noticed that people started asking much less that's good. Well, and it, it you don't want to set that precedent, right? I mean, you're you're creating a, something that these days is considered a work of art, right? It's not a watch is not something that's necessary that we have to wear. So there's there's a desirability factor. You're pricing it correctly, and you're going to sell it to the people who really appreciate what you've done. And and again, a a lot of that is getting the watch in your hand. And if you can't do that, being able to use the app to mm -hmm. see what it looks like on your wrist, see, start seeing those reflections, I think is is a really really big deal. So good on you for doing that. Um, I, I know we're, we, we need to re be respectful of your guys time and we do need to wrap. So in, you know, in 60 seconds, what, what do you want our listeners to know about the future of the brand and where you're going and what to expect? 
um, expect more in the same direction in terms of um, quality design. So the, the the amount of care we're putting in now is is uh, is not going to diminish. Uh, not if we sell more or if we sell less. And um, this doesn't matter. This is really at the core of our brand. So um, if we if we create a new prototype. Um, and there's something, it's ready for production, but there's a tiny detail that I'm not happy with. I will go through a, a huge, huge length to, to still change that because it's not going to correspond to our philosophy if I just, you know, let it go into production with something that doesn't quite sit right. So uh, for us, the, 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 the care um, and the attention to detail um, and maybe also being a little bit adventurous in 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 design and materials. Um, this is really something we're focusing on, and we're I would say we're strong at, and something of which you can expect more in the future. Awesome. Well, guys, I mean it's it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. It's. Uh, like I said in my review, the essence was such an amazing surprise to me when I actually got it in my hands. And, and I encourage um, our listeners to to check out the Formex website, look at some of those innovations. Uh, you you will not be disappointed yeah, really with these impressive. things. I mean, it really is for for the market and the price point that that Formex sits in. I'm just I was blown away by the quality and the innovation. So, guys, it's been a real pleasure. And I, you know, we're going to keep a close eye on the brand and hopefully have you back. Uh, sometime in the future uh, to talk about some of the new innovations uh, between now and then. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're really it. looking forward to seeing what, what will be coming out in yep. the future. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks thank for uh, reviewing the, the essence. Thanks for having us. We really, I mean, I enjoy, enjoyed the talk a lot. Marcus, probably too. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks, saying, uh, thank you guys for taking the time on your weekend as well. Um, to to have this chat and keep up the great work with with the blog, with your Instagram, and uh, also the the podcast. I really think you're creating something very interesting for um for collectors to be fo uh, be following. Thank you, and Marcus, thank you and, so much for yeah. the for the little cookies that you tucked in the box because you pretty much charmed me from the very <laughs> before I even got the box open. <laughs> there were cookies. some Italian cookies in there, and that was that was very sweet. <laughs> You're welcome. My pleasure. He does that with us when he sends uh, when he has to send something to Formex Switzerland from from the there is always a little a little gift inside. Or yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank well, you so much, you guys. Guys, have a great weekend. Thank Thanks again. You too. All Thanks the best. Very much. All right. Take care. Talk All to right. you soon again. Bye bye. Bye guys.